everybody. Welcome into the podcast. I want to extend special greetings to any international listeners we might have. Guten Tag. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Luke 15, which is three parables dealing with things that are lost and the joy that comes when those things are are found. I told a quick story about uh, my personal experience with this at Hog Days a couple years ago at the finish line of the Hog Jog where things get a little crazy, you've got hundreds of people milling around, and all of a sudden our, uh, at that point, two-year-old uh, was missing. And, you know, sometimes your kid, you're like, oh, I'm sure they're around, you walk around. I was jogging. Uh, he'd been gone long enough, there are enough people around. Eventually, somebody found him in the recovery area eating grapes, which, had I been thinking, I would have realized that would be the first place he would go. Uh, but yeah, there was real joy when we found him. And so uh, that kind of helps me understand a bit these parables when we're dealing with the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the prodigal son. And so the first one, just to run through them real quickly, is the parable of the lost sheep, something that I think most people are are somewhat familiar with. A lot of ancient Christian art uh, is kind of the picture of of Jesus with a lamb over his shoulder. And that's what happens. One sheep out of a hundred is lost. And so this very good, diligent shepherd goes and seeks it out to find it. And scripture says, the shepherd doesn't just go, you know, for a few minutes or where it's easy to look. No, he pursues the sheep until he finds it. All right, and this is symbolic of Jesus seeking after us, right? Pursuing us until he finds us, not satisfied with even these 99 that are safe, but going after the one, that the one has incredible value and worth and is worth seeking out. So that's the first parable. Uh, the second one is, is a lost coin where this woman has lost a coin in her home. And so she uh, gets a lamp out. Windows weren't as common back then. So she gets a lamp out. She sweeps. She's looking for this coin. She finds it. And she's full of joy. And she invites like all her friends over to celebrate finding this coin, which I find really uh, like sweet. Because joy is meant to be shared. And I mentioned this on Sunday morning that you know I gave everybody the green light. When they do something that brings them joy, like let me know. Like if you parallel park successfully, that's a big deal, especially to us um, kind of country folk who don't usually have to parallel park. Like, go ahead. Like, let's share that joy. Joy is meant to be shared. And that's what this woman does as she finds this lost coin. And then that leads us into uh, what I would say is kind of the, the key text in this chapter, which is the, the prodigal son. And so the story of the prodigal son is you have a younger son, and older son. The younger son wants to go um, kind of sow his wild oats. And so he asks his father for um, his inheritance early takes it, goes off to a far country, uh, wastes his money, finds himself destitute, a famine comes over the land, he doesn't even have really anything to, to eat, he's, he's with the pigs, which in that culture, uh, Jesus is talking to largely a Jewish population, like you didn't do anything with pigs, you didn't eat them, you didn't take care of them, like this was the worst thing you could possibly be doing with your day, was feeding the pigs, and that's what this boy is doing. Uh, so he eventually realizes, why am I doing this? Um, I should just go back home and, and see if my father will take me in just as one of his servants. And so he does. And as he's coming home, of course, the father sees him. He's been watching for him. And he runs out, greets him, hugs him, kisses him, calls for the finest robe to be put on his son and says, let's kill the fattened calf. We're going to have a feast. And so the father is just full of joy for the son who has returned home. And then he goes and tries to find the older brother who's been working for his father for all these years while the younger son has been off doing his thing, and the older brother's upset. He can't believe that his father is acting this way, that he is giving these unearned gifts to this younger brother. And so the older son is very bitter, very angry, 
He says, look to his father, look, I've worked for you. I've slaved for you these many years, and you've never done anything like this for me. And so he does not go into the feast. In fact, Jesus kind of doesn't really tell us how the story finishes. Like, we don't know if there's ever actual reconciliation within this this family. And so there's a couple things in that story. First is just the joy of the father, right? And this ties into the other two parables, the joy of finding that which is lost, and specifically that which is um, repentant. So Jesus, the symbolism of finding something lost is that that lost person repents and comes into the arms of his heavenly father. And so this, this young man has repented and come home, and so there is great joy. The Bible describes um, the angels rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And so uh, the real focus of this chapter is just the love of God, the heart of God that desires that everyone be brought back, <clears throat> excuse me, be brought into reconciliation with God the Father. But then there's also this really, I think, stark warning in the story of the prodigal son as we look at the eldest son. And we have to be really careful that this isn't us. Right? Jesus, he's talking to a crowd that is made up of sinners and then also Pharisees, so basically sinners and those that think they are superior to sinners. And the eldest son represents the Pharisees. Well, I hope he doesn't represent us, because that son, that eldest son, just totally ignores, misses, and in some ways disrespects the heart of his father. The father is full of joy, and the older brother doesn't care. Right? And in that, he shows that he's really no different than the younger brother. They both wanted, they both were trying to get what they wanted. Right now, the younger brother, he took the money, went off, and squandered it. The older brother, yeah, he's been working for his father, but, but what's been his motivation? Right? It's been out of self-interest. It's been out of his own ambition. It's been for his own good. And he demonstrates that with the way he responds to his father giving the younger son these free gifts. He's upset. He's angry. He's jealous. He's bitter. He's been working for his own self, not for the heart of his father. And I think there is something in that for us, that as followers of Jesus, we hope that we are going to encounter people over and over and over who have come to repentance before God, right, and have received the gifts that God wants to bestow upon them. And those times, that should bring us joy, right? If somebody repents and comes back to God, like that should bring us incredible joy where God's rejoicing, the angels are rejoicing, heaven is rejoicing. Man, we should be rejoicing too. And yet sometimes it feels like when someone repents and comes back to God, we kind of have this very skeptical and almost like, well, their sin was a lot worse than mine. I'm not sure they really belong where I'm at. And we can, in that moment, become the eldest son, where we don't receive them with open arms, where we don't share in the joy of our Father, right? Which demonstrates what we're really living for, what our true motive is, that it's about just us. It's not about the heart of our Father. And so I think the challenge for us is to have that same heart to when, when God's rejoicing, or well, we're rejoicing with Him. And when God is hurt, and he sees his people sinning, and, and he's full of pain, that we are that same way, that we're not looking at other people's sin and thinking, oh, good, now I feel better about myself because my sin is less than, is, in my opinion, not as much as, which isn't true. But we can sometimes almost feel better about ourselves as other people fall, and then when people come to repentance and come back into the, the arms of our Heavenly Father, then we can be jealous. And that's just 
totally backwards. Right? We want to have the same heart that God has, that desires to see people repent and come back to their Heavenly Father, and at the same time also hurts when others struggle and fall into sin, right? just as the heart of our Father hurts. And so uh, that's, to me, the challenge of these parables is to try to line up our hearts with the heart of God. And when we can do that, I think we make His joy complete. There's so much more joy in our lives. And so there, that's a, a real challenge to me. Um, I'd like to think that my heart is always aligned with God's heart, but I recognize the reality of my life doesn't always prove that. And so um, I was challenged by these scriptures, but also very encouraged by these scriptures as we think about the love of God, a love that pursues us even into the hard places that tracks us down so that we can be um, reconciled to a God who loves us deeply. And so for, for those of you out there who maybe haven't experienced that, maybe you're a little more like the prodigal son or um, the lost sheep, there's plenty of room in God's heart for you. You know, God's love is not, uh, it's not a pie where there's only so many pieces to go around. It's not an exhaustible resource. The love of God is deep and wide and has room for all of us, and it has room for you. And so if you haven't come into that, if you haven't experienced that, um, yeah, I would just encourage you um, to examine your life. See, are there places where um, you've been a little disobedient, a little rebellious to God? Um, he's waiting for you to, uh, to come home, to repent and come home, and he will receive you with joyous open arms. And so I'd encourage you to do that. And I'm always um, available. Pastor Jason's always available to talk you through that stuff and just encourage support and, uh, yeah, and find joy with you. So with that, uh, love you all. Hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Our Father who art in heaven